0: Hey, welcome to Grace. We're so glad you could join us for this week's message. Hey, um, it's Memorial Day. And so uh, one of the things we wanna do before we get kicking into our next series is we just like to recognize what Memorial Day is. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for those that have paid the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom. Let's not take that for granted as a nation, especially as a Christian people, because we understand that freedom is costly and it's hard fought. God, Christ did that for us. He laid down his life for his friends. And because of that, we are now free from sin. And God, we thank you for the men and women that have laid down their lives to provide us a nation that guarantees our freedoms. Let us never take that for granted. God, we thank you for the sacrifice that was made, but we also pray for the families that have been left to deal with that grief and that loss. God, would this day not be a day of sadness, but a pride for them? for the sacrifice that's been made. And may they remember the person they love so much and remember that they gave their life for a noble cause, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, as we move forward, I hope you're having a great Memorial Day, a great Memorial Day weekend, and that you'll remember it's not just about barbecues, as my brother was sharing earlier, (coughs) but about remembering those that have given the ultimate sacrifice. Um, As we do that, I think we're in a great book uh, to connect that idea to where we're moving forward. And so the book of James, uh, we started this series. And as we started that series, it's been a great series. And in that series, we've been talking about what is vital. That was the very first week, what was vital to the faith. And we gave you a devotion to begin. Now, if you missed that devotion, we're, you know, a week, two weeks into it. You may not want to jump into that. You could. uh, But jumping in any devotion is really what's most important. We want you in God's word every day. And that was the main point we made that first week that you need that kind of uh, devotion to have joy over happiness. And then we talked about happiness versus joy that first week and talked about that a lot of us are stuck um, really unhappy because we're looking at circumstances that are temporary and we need to move toward looking at God's eternal purposes. And we see God come to come to earth when we do our hang time consistently and we begin to share that word, that win, and that wrestle that's happening in our lives. And this week we're gonna talk about slowing down and opening up. And honestly, when you look at slowing down and opening up, the two go back and forth. Sometimes you can't open up until you truly slow down. And so if you're like me, you had trouble slowing down. You ever try to slow down and even in this season where you're locked in your house or maybe you're not out as much, we're still rushing ahead. Let me give you some examples of that. How many of you have been binge watching a TV show? I think it's hilarious that we have the concept today day of binge watching. You grab a show and you can't wait one week to see an episode. When I was growing up, we had to wait a whole week. Go figure. Seven days until the next episode of MASH came out. And then you could see what happened. Not today. Today we just watch one right after the other because we're in a hurry to do everything. Maybe you live on credit. I have met lots of people that live just on credit, right? And when they live on credit, what we're really saying is I can't save up the money to buy something and wait. I'm going to hurry ahead and leverage credit and pay more in the long run to get something I can pay less for because I'm just in a stinking hurry. In, in high school, we have something called AP classes, applied credit classes. We can't wait long enough to go to college. We stick college on kids when they're in high school instead of just waiting until the moment of college. I don't understand that because I think there's a time and season for everything. And I don't think we need to make people hurry to grow up. I don't know about you, but adulting is hard. That's why we're sending that book to all of our graduates, adulting, right Dano? And so here's the other thing that you got to think about, letter writing. We've lost the concept of even how to write a letter. You can't send a letter. That takes three or four days to arrive at somebody's house. And then they got to think about what they'll say. And then three or four days for it to come back to you. No, no, we've got instant messaging and we're always connected to our phone. You're instantly able to get hold of people. I don't like that idea. In fact, if you don't understand how much I don't like that idea, try to call me on a Monday or a Friday and you'll see, I do not stay connected to my phone or tethered to it at all times because we all need to learn and discipline ourselves how to slow down and the days section out of James hits really home on this. So let's read this together. We'll have it on the screen. We'll also have it in your notes, but listen to this. James says, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life of God that God desires. Therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man or a woman who looks in his face in the mirror and then after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law and gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he's heard, but doing it, he will be blessed. In all that he does, we need to slow down and open up. We need to slow down and open up. In our society that's speeding ahead, why should we be countercultural? I'm asking you to be countercultural. The first reason is everyone needs it. Did you see that word in the passage? Everyone. Now, I don't know about you, and I know there's language experts, but I'm pretty sure whether it's in Hebrew or Greek or Aramaic or whatever flipping language you want, everyone still means everyone, everybody. So it doesn't matter if you're busy, you're educated, you're a doctor, you're a laborer, you're a mechanic. doesn't matter. You're, you, you're a stay at home mom or dad. Everyone needs to be able to learn how to slow down and how do we know they're doing that? Because they're quick to listen and they're slow to speak. I don't know about you, but when you're speeding ahead, you just can't quite grasp things the way that you should. Let me give you an example. Um, I'm not good at having conversations in a car. Uh, Some of you are, I'm not one of those people. Usually when I'm driving, I'm thinking about who's behind me, who's in front of me, who's beside me. What I'm trying to do, trying to keep my family safe and still get where we got to go. And so if I'm traveling at 65 miles an hour versus 35 miles an hour, it changes my rate of conversation. Because I got to look over at you have a conversation right and actually engage with you and I always think it's hilarious when I'm concentrating on like a freeway and then people want to strike up a conversation I cannot have an in-depth conversation with them I can't take in everything they're saying I don't know if you ever noticed this but they don't put a passenger seat in a NASCAR why because it's not like they're gonna hey how are you doing well we're driving around a track at 200 miles an hour there's a problem with the whole idea that we can just keep trudging forward and somehow be able to hear people and hear God the way that we should. One of the areas of struggle in my own life where you see this really come out is, you know, we do our devotions in the morning and then soon I usually try to have a cup of coffee and have a conversation. And I can't tell you how many times that she's one to talk more about what's going on with the kids or she's one to talk more about what's going on in her business or our lives together. And, and I'm already feeling the pressure if I've got to jump in the shower and get the day going, and I'll say something to her like, hey, baby, just follow me. Just, just, just hang with me. Keep the conversation coming, but you've got to go with me because I can't even slow down long enough in those moments you know, to really hear sometimes what my wife is trying to share. I don't know if you have this problem, but it comes into my life all the time, and this is why I think James says, everyone, everyone needs this. Everyone needs this. The other way you see this with people is when we slow down long enough to ask them how we can pray for them, right? Have you ever asked somebody, how can I pray for you? How many people in your life when you say, how can I pray for you go, I'm good. It's all good. I don't need prayer. My life's great. I'm glad your life's great. Mine doesn't quite work out the same as yours. I don't know how life is supposed to work out, but I need prayer every day. There's a lot of us that we're out there, we're really just gonna fake it till we make it, aren't we? We're just gonna give you the facade we're just gonna give you the you know, the, the fake face and not really reveal what's going on in our lives. Recently, Young Life did their uh, banquet. If you're not familiar with Young Life, it's an organization that re- it's, it's built to reach kids that sometimes are far from Christ. They haven't quite landed in the church context yet. And uh, we support Young Life in the church. Uh, Susan and I support it personally. And uh, Jake, some of you know Jake, um, is the area director. And so I watched their banquet online. That's the only way they could do their banquet this year. And it was great. Jake touched my heart, especially on the area of special needs and how that's connected to um, their heart as well as a ministry. But I tell you where he really got me is at the end, just like I asked you for every week, there was a connect card and Jake's connect card, he said, how can I pray for you? And I had to sit and think for a second and go, wow, let me be authentic on this. And I said, you know what, right now I feel exhausted at times I feel exasperated. We're working harder than we've ever worked in the church, especially with all this digital content that we're producing. And not only do you feel exhausted, but then you also keep asking the question, are you making a difference? You know, are people really watching the videos? Are people really doing the things that we're asking? Are they engaging every day in a daily quiet time? And and you wonder, are we making a difference? And I just, I just throw that on the card and said, this is how you can pray for me, because this is what I'm struggling with. And whether it's real or not, it does not take away the realness of the struggle. And so he, here's the reality. What's happening in my life, and I think in yours, I love Danny who's uh, preaching for our students. We haven't met Danny. He's a trip. Love the guy. Uh, Danny said it this way when we were prepping the message this week. He said, it's easy to become a landfill for the world. Man, you should tweet that. That's so good. It's easy to become a landfill for the world, which means you know the world just keeps piling crap on us. And somehow we just let them do it. And we never pull ourselves away for that time we need. It's quiet. That's set apart where we just hear God and you I don't know if you've ever been to a landfill, but they just keep piling garbage on it. And then just all the reservoirs of crap just keep coming out in all the ponds. Would you ever fish in a pond near a landfill? Okay. But that's what happens in our lives. He's so right. But we have to stop. We have to pause and we have to really think about being slow to speak, and quick to listen to what God says, because I don't know about you, but I'm not smart enough not to get tripped up by Satan's schemes of the world. I need God's word every day. The second thing is you need to get real when you reveal, and that's what you do. You get real when you reveal. When you start really revealing what's in your heart, what you're really struggling with, God gets real with you. You get real with others. It says, listen to the word, right? Do what it says. There's a component here that I had never really focused it on and I haven't seen any commentator comment on. Maybe there's one out there, I just haven't seen them. But this little word, you should circle it in your Bible, says immediately, immediately. I love this in that verse. You know, delayed obedience is disobedience. You've probably heard that. It's a very preachable phrase. I don't know who created it, but it's true. But James, in this case, gives such an interesting word picture into how this is at work in your life and mine. Let me ask you to do something that's a little awkward right now, a little difficult. I want you to close your eyes with me. Close your eyes. Yeah, I know. I know it's on video. Stop being freaked out because it's video. Just close your eyes. Would you picture your face? Picture it right now. How many details can you see about your face? I'm sure you can picture your face, but what kind of detail? Now open your eyes for a second. Now, if you got a cell phone, which is most of us, get it out right now. If you don't get ready to take a trip to your bathroom. Okay. And use the mirror there. Okay. Cause this is what James is talking about. And I want you to look at your face, either on your cell phone or look at your face in the mirror. And I want you to look at it for like four or five seconds. And as you're looking at it, just picture your face. Now, Close your eyes. How do you see your face? Do you see it in greater detail? Do you remember features that you didn't remember just before? How clear are you seeing your face visually? Open your eyes. This is an interesting word picture that James uses with us. And he's not using it specifically about our face. He's talking about the word. Listen to the word, do what it says immediately. He's connecting the concept that you hear the word, but then you have to apply the word. And when the two are put together, you get a greater visual picture, a picture that really sinks into your soul. And that's what we miss sometimes when we're rushing ahead and we're forgetting to be real and reveal what's going on, to really be authentic with who we are, and what we look like based on God's word. Let me, I'll I'll illustrate this another way. What was last week's message on? Do you remember? What were you asked to do with it? Do you remember? Those of you that applied it, you remember right away. Those of you that didn't, you're like, oh, let me see, what was it on? I don't know, probably the book of James. You didn't remember, did you? I'll make it even easier for you. Those of you that are doing the devotion, what was yesterday's devotion on? What did James say? How did it apply to your life? I know this because I make the same mistake you do. I'm not, I'm not devoid of this. When I do my devotion, I just check the box off and I just read it. I don't remember what it says either, but when I read it and then I meditate on it and then I think about how it impacts my life and then I put it into action into my life, I remember it in great detail, vividly, just like when you opened your eyes, versus thinking about your face and actually seeing your face and then applying that when you listen and you apply it and then you share it gosh you remember it that's why devotions are so critical the third thing you see coming out of this is God's blessings await the faithful God's blessings await the faithful so why do we need to slow down and open up because that's where you're going to see God's blessings for those that are faithful to him he says, but a man looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he heard, but doing it, that's the person that's going to be blessed. You know, this is the part of the passage that Martin Luther hated the most. Martin Luther, earlier early reformer, did not like this because it said that there was something connected to something we had to do with faith. And he's like, no, no, I just like Paul's stuff about just believe it. Just It's just an idea. Just just you know, he, That's how Martin Luther interpreted this, but I'm telling you, The two of them were actually saying the same thing. I think Luther might have missed it. He was smarter than me, there's no doubt. I have a lot of respect for this guy, but I think in this case, he may have missed it. You see, God's law shows God's perfect joy. When you look at God's law, those that live out the law and the application of the law, they have perfect joy in their life. They're putting it to work, but here's the difference. And here's where James and Paul meet up. And I think the best way to illustrate this is an interesting way. Not long ago, my son and I were trying to cut some deer paths through the woods and we were having difficulty doing it. So uh, I ordered a machete. Um, I didn't bring mine, but Danny was gracious enough to learn me his. And so we ordered a machete, okay? And when we ordered the machete, what we tried to do is we tried to hack our way through the woods. Now, I don't know about you, this is a pretty nice machete. Danny already told me not to cut my fingers off with it, but we're working our rear ends off and we're sweating like crazy. And even after doing all that cutting, we only made it so far because the thorns were so thick and just the brush was so bad. And I think when you look at this and you look at the idea that's here about God being faithful to those that live out faith, what he's really talking about is not you working harder, He's not even talking about you getting a better machete, which I like Danny's. Maybe I can barter with him, okay? But, but here's what he's really talking about. He's talking about a masterful person who's already cut a path ahead of you. You see, when you and I go to the woods, we're like, well, which way do we go? Which path do we cut? How do we make this work out? I don't know. I'm confused. But when you look to Jesus, who's lived out the perfect life, the life that you and I can't live, and had a machete in his hand, and cut the perfect path through the briars, through the woods, through the brush, and then says, would you please just follow me? You're given a whole new perspective on what it means to really live out the faith and be faithful. You see, Christ has cut it perfectly. This is what I mean when you start to look at this. Let me make it very applicable for you. Let's say that you in this season still struggle with lust. Let's say lust is the area and you're like, I just need, how does God carve through the brush and the thorns of the world and my life, a pathway through there? How does that work? Well, he asks you to begin to look at how Jesus lived out with regard to lust and allow his spirit within you to live in the same way today. Billy Graham, when he looked into this, said, you know what? I I I think I know what to do. If I try to work harder and not fall, I'm gonna fall. If I try to resist this, I'm just gonna fall into it. So what he did was he said, I noticed that Jesus didn't put himself in certain situations that he shouldn't be in. So Billy Graham said, I'll never be alone with a woman in the room, no matter who she is, except for my wife. He always had another man or another person with him whenever he met with someone, so he could never be tempted to fall in that area. He took steps based on the life he saw in Christ to not put himself in certain situations, and to let Christ live in him. Let me ask you, do you have a filter on your internet? If this is an area of struggle? You know, have you told another brother or sister, woman to woman, guy to guy, about the struggle? Have you said, I need you to ask me once a week, am I still doing the things I'm supposed to do? If it's a real struggle, have you joined recovery? Have you started that process? Because when you start to look at the things that happens where you see Christ moving that he's carving a path through the woods, through the thorns, you don't have to carve another path. You don't have to work hard. Just follow the path that's already been cut. And when you do that, you're gonna see great results. I love this out of Proverbs. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he, he, not you, he, will make straight your paths. You see, it's your obedience coming together with the path that Christ has carved that brings great success. How do you do it? How do you slow down and open up? Well, the first thing you do is you gotta humbly accept the word planted in you. Humbly accept the word planted in you. He says, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that's so prevalently and, and or, is prevalent and humbly accept the word. You know, humility has to do with the idea of understanding that maybe there's something you don't know. Maybe there's someone that's doing it better than you. That you don't think about yourself more, you think about yourself less. And when you look at the word and how it's placed in me, you really have to come back to the moment you came to faith and i don't know if you've come to faith yet but here's what it was like for me at 17 i was living life my way my rules thinking i knew best and as i lived that way i was getting pretty exhausted and frustrated with how life was going now if your life is perfect and you're not frustrated with all then maybe you figured out something i i didn't figure out but for me life got tough at 17. i'll never forget Um, my girlfriend's dad sitting down with me and opened up in a Bible and he went to Matthew 24 and he said, read this and this is about the end times and this is about what's coming to us and how difficult life will get. You think it's hard now? Wait till we get really in the full end times. But then he also out of that said, but look how much Christ loves us. Look at the path he's carved. Look at the beauty he wants for you in your life. And that resonated with my heart. And I'll never forget humbly submitting to the word that was given to me and giving my life to Christ so I could receive all that Christ had for me. Now think about the, the, projection, the, the, the uh, progression of that. God's word was first because Christ brought it to us. And then my future father-in-law said, I want to give this to you. Now, I always wonder what his motive was. If he was like, I need to protect my daughter because this guy's a loser. But maybe it was just pure love. I think it was. But he said, here's the word. And when he said, here's God's word, it took seed and fruit in my heart. But I had to humbly accept it. Do you do that each week? When you hear a sermon, when you hear a message, when you hear a podcast centered around God's word, do you go... God, let me humbly receive and look for what you have inside that for me. Do you do that in Bible study? Do you let your heart open up to people and go, wow, maybe that brother or sister just shared that with me from God's word? I needed to hear that. And one of the best ways you hear it, of course, is when you're in a quiet time. Every day when God speaks to you through his written word and it comes alive. I know you're probably sick and tired of me saying, have a quiet time. And if you're sick and tired of hearing it, good. Because we're going to keep saying it until you and I get it. Because it's just worth it. In fact, I'm going to do something I've never done before. If you're in our system and we've got your cell phone and we've got your carrier, right now, right at this moment, while you're watching the video, I'm sending you right now a link to version. So you can have a daily quiet time. It's free software. Download it. Use it. God will speak to you. The second way that God does this is we have to remove the old and put on the new. Remove the old, put on the new. This is why James is so applicable. God wants to do this. Again, he's carving out the path. But there's a part we partner with him in this. So what's that mean? In the original language here, it says, do not merely listen to the word, but do what it says. And James is painting another picture here in the original language. And the original picture he's painting, again, is so cool. Here's what he was actually saying. He was saying that our shirts gets soiled. You know, are you a gardener? You know what I'm talking about. Do do you work out? You know what I'm talking about. Do you work on your car? You know what I'm talking about. If you wear this shirt long enough, or if you're a teenager and you don't use deodorant, it gets soiled, right? I can smell you from a mile away. It's soiled. You smell like subs coming. Here's the reality. When it gets soiled, he's saying part of the Christian faith is taking off the old, that's the word picture he's using here, and putting on the new. And what he's really saying is, put Christ on every day. Day, put him on in every moment, every struggle, every situation. You're asking the question, what does it mean to put Jesus on? You know, I was uh, working on my Jeep um, this week, and a buddy of mine came over to, to my small group, and man, we're sharing life and we're talking while we're tinkering on this thing, and. Uh, it was really cool. He said, hey man, I've lost 10 pounds. He says, I really want to get healthier for Jesus. You know, I want to I want to live longer. I want to get back into a place where I feel better and I can just, you know, have a better quality of life. And, and I know that my physical life affects my spiritual life. And we're talking about this and I'm like, well, how are you doing it, man? It's Joel, I said, Joel, how are you doing it? He's like, well, it's not rocket science. I've cut out a lot of carbs. I've cut down my portion sizes. And then we get to lunch because we've been working on this thing for a while. And I say, what do you want to eat? And he says, I said, we're going to go to Chick-fil-A. He's like, well, I could probably do a wrap. And then we get him. The dude got no waffle fries, okay? He got no soda. He wouldn't touch the Chick-fil-A sauce, which you know how Chick-fil-A sauce is. That's like crack. I mean, that's just addictive. And then, and then he had one half of that stinking wrap. My brother was living out in front of me a path that would lead to, if you want to lose 10 pounds. And this is what happens in our small groups. All around you, people are living out how to take off the old and put on Christ. They do that through recovery in those groups. They do that when they're sitting and saying, here's how I love my wife better. You you can't live out the Christian faith and really see what this is like unless you're connected to people in community and group. In fact, one of the things you start to see is you begin to look for the win and not the sin. I look at people, I don't look for the stuff that's screwed up in them nearly as much now in group as I go, wow, how'd you do that? How did God make that happen in your life? Tell me how you put Christ on in this way. It's very applicable, but you can only get that in life. Listen, I grew up with a phrase growing up because I grew up you know, in the 80s and 90s, some of the late 70s. And so, and that, the big thing back in the day was, hey, be like Mike. Stop being like Mike, be more like Jesus, okay? And you see Jesus lived out all around you with people. And that's how you learn to put him on. The second thing is don't tap out. Third thing, don't tap out. But a man who looks intently into this perfect law and gives freedom and continues to do this, continues to do this. That's the person that's going to be blessed. They persevere. When you're honest about where you are and where, how far you've come, it's one of the things that helps you to persevere because you know that you're going to wrestle with certain things. But the outcome is, the outcome is, that God is going to move you in a new direction and continue moving in that direction until you see the full fruit and the full blessing in your life. When I was preparing this message this morning and praying, I shared with my wife what I confessed at that Young Life banquet online. Through that Connect card that I feel defeated, tired, tired exhausted and I don't know if we're making a big difference with what we're doing in ministry right now in this season, as we try to navigate this whole thing. And she said something that was so poignant. She said, don't let Satan get into your head. In other words, it's so easy when you know that you're doing all the right things, you're preaching the right things, you're living the right things. You're, you're, you've got a group, you're in God's word to go, is it really making a difference? Look at this passage. Galatians says, let us not become weary of doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Brothers and sisters, don't give up. Do not give up. Do not give up on your hang time. Do not give up on your growth group. Do not give up on your recovery and do not give up on attending online this season because God will reap a harvest at the proper time. And it means that you gotta get to a point where you don't just hear the word, but you apply it in every area of your life. So this is what I'm asking you to do this week. Take a risk and reveal your word, your win and your wrestle. Take a risk. People who love you and are on this journey with you will not abuse what you share with them. When you reveal your real heart and you say, this is how God is speaking to me, this is how God's at work around me, And this is what I'm wrestling with. This is really what I'm wrestling with. And I'm going to ask you to to put it to faith, to put it right now, to do it. That it wouldn't just be something you hear. I hope you didn't hear today's message. You go, that was an eloquent message. That was well put together. I could give a crap if you thought this message was great. What I really care about is where you live it out because that is where God is going to meet you. Would you do that? And here's how you're going to do it. Fill out the stinking connect card can't tell you how many people every week will watch a message with grace how many well what do they call likes we get shares we get what's the other one i don't even remember views that's such a stupid number views you get but how few of these we get because this is where the rubber hits the road this is where you're asked to really reveal what's going on in your life it's in if you don't know where it is right now it's in the chat area and the connection area right there we just put that there it's on the website that you're looking at right now. It's on the top, it's all over. It's hard not to miss this thinking card, and here's what I'm asking you to put on it this week. Put anything you want on it, but but here's three things I'm asking for in the prayer area. What's one thing that God said to you this week through the devotion, through your prayer life? I guarantee he spoke to you, because I know he speaks all the time. How did he speak to you? What did he say to you? Second thing, what's one way he's at work around you? Like, think about it for a second. I guarantee it's not gonna be hard. You will see God at work around you. What's one way you saw God at work around you? And then what's one thing you're really wrestling with? Not your brother, not your cousin, not your aunt, not your neighbor down the street who's got cancer. Those are important things for you to pray for. How are you struggling? What are you dealing with? Because if you can't get real about what you're going through, you are not going to see God's blessing and healing in your life. You must get real. And then I want to ask you, in your group life, to do this every week. Share with people, here's what God has shared with me this week through his word. Here's how God is at work around me in a win, and then here's what I'm wrestling with. Please, pray for me. Do this in group every week. If you do, you will become a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Let me pray for you. Father, for each and every person watching this message, whenever they're watching it, would you pierce their heart That the Christian faith would not be a spectator sport, but that people would really jump in with all that they are. That every day they would ask, how do you want to speak to me? And every day they would say, your servant hears and your servant is obedient. That they would respond with faithfulness. And because of their faithfulness, they would see the full blessing of what you want in their life because you've already carved out the path we just need to be obedient to what you asked of us. Would you do this in my life and the life of all that gather with grace so that we could see heaven come to earth, even in this season? In Jesus' name, amen. One last chance. Don't forget to do the Connect card. Here's the reality, and you might not like to hear it, but sometimes somebody's just gotta get your grill and be real with you. If you don't fill out the Connect card, Here's what I'm going to figure out. You're just not ready to be real. And if you're not ready to be real and authentic, then here's the other reality. I'll wait on you and I'll pray for you. But here's the other thing. You will miss out on the full blessing of God. Fill out the Connect card this week. I can't wait to read how God is speaking to you, how God is work around you, and what you're really wrestling with so I can pray with you. Amen, huh? All right, I'll see you next week. Have a blessed Sunday.